1: Your host is Nick Moran, and this
0: is The Full Ratchet. Welcome back for another edition of Investor Stories. On this special segment, the experts describe the most important lesson that they've learned and how that has changed the way they invest. This is the special segment called Lessons Learned. On today's special segment, we have Bilal Zubiri of Lux Capital. Bilal, can you tell us a story highlighting a critical lesson you've learned that's changed the way you invest?
2: I mentioned earlier about rocket ships. I'll use the example of desktop metal as a rocket ship of sorts. I mean, look, this company is still early, lots of work to do and lots of things for them to do right, for them to be successful. But certainly in the last two years, this company has taken off like a rocket ship, not just in terms of, you know, what they're doing commercially and all, but just in terms of the talent that they have been able to acquire and bring on, the kind of technologies that they've been able to build, the speed with which they've been able to bring multiple technologies to commercialization, it really helped me understand and realize What having great acceleration, rapid acceleration at early stages of a startup does for you. When companies are accelerating fast, when they're creating momentum around them from the beginning, it attracts some of the best talent because the talent wants to go where they think greater likelihood of success is and great challenges are being solved at a fast pace. It attracts strong investors because they want to be associated with with the most successful companies and it reduces your cost of capital. And it also brings better customers because the customers look around and if they see you doing the most interesting stuff. They want to be associated with you, even if it means for them to step outside of their comfort zone and partnering with you earlier than they would have otherwise. In some ways, Desktop Metal taught me the importance of that. So now when I meet new CEOs or bring new CEOs into the portfolio, my experience there over the last two years, I share with them to help them understand that while the industry they're in might dictate to them or... Kind of tell them to move slower and go through the one or two years of product development and business development process, there is a path to doing it faster. And if they're able to sort of thread that needle, it will bring a lot of value to them.
0: On today's special segment, we have Zach Coleus. Zach, can you tell us a story highlighting a key lesson that you've learned that has changed the way you invest?
1: Oh man, there's a long list there. Um, big markets, big markets, big markets. I think I think cruise taught me more than anything else. I think I've, you know, I'm a, I really believe autonomous cars are going to, you know, thirty thousand people a year are killed, um, uh, countless others maimed, children. I mean, I have a three and a half year old daughter, and the thought of getting in a car accident that that hurts her just like wounds me. I mean, I actually I saw a car accident uh, recently. Uh, we were traveling around Scotland and uh, uh, a driver that was clearly from France basically didn't look the right direction because they drive on the wrong side over there and pulled out right in front of another car. And um, uh, uh, the other car was skillfully managed to only catch the back corner of the driver and crash into the woods and everyone was okay. But I saw that the driver of the, the car that pulled out the dad, and there was two kids in the back seat and the look on his face just like still makes me want to cry. Like, his children almost died because of the mistake he made. I hope to God we can basically make that never happen again. And, and you think about the economic value of 30,000 people dying of the economic value of, of, of of that. If we can solve that problem, like, Oh my God. And so like when I invested in cruise, that was sort of the thing I was like, yeah, this is a big market, but now I look at it. Oh my God. Like that's the thing I should have been fixated on. I had an early opportunity at the same time to invest in Newtonomy, which just sold for five hundred million, and I passed. Um, I saw Zooks early and I passed because I was like, yeah, whatever. No, no, no. The size of that market was so massive that, and those guys all had great traction. They were starting to take off and to, to really solve a problem that is is world changing in scale. I should have just invested in all three of them. Um, and so, that's a lesson I've learned, and I, I'm I'm going to try to never to forget. It's like when there's when there's a big market, just just really, really, it's, 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 it's pivotal. Um, and so, a couple of other companies that I'm invested in are have similar dynamics to that, and that just makes me really excited, and I'm hoping to find more.
0: At this point, if you're a VC, you've heard of Carta. You've probably even accepted securities from a portfolio company on the platform. It feels like every new company is using Carta, and there's already 16,000 VC backed companies on the platform. They also offer tools and services for VCs like fund administration. Carta has an army of fund accountants delivering high-quality service and dedicated teams of engineers, constantly improving the functionality of their user-friendly investor platform with in-app quarterly reporting, real-time fund metrics, LP portals, and more. It's also easy to switch from an existing fund administrator or to augment your in-house team with their service. Learn more about their services at carta.com. Forward slash investors. In this episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. On today's special segment, we have Elizabeth Galbitt of SoGal Ventures. Elizabeth, can you tell us a story highlighting a critical lesson that has changed your outlook on tech or investing?
3: We have this great venture partner and advisor at SoGal. Her name is Michelle Goldberg, and she sits on multiple public and private boards. She's been a partner at Ignition Partners, a VC firm based in Seattle for 17 years now. And she goes through with us quarterly a whole review of our portfolio. And she's really strict with us on sort of saying, you know, you have to rank your companies and you have to show which ones are doing really well, which ones are doing okay, and which ones aren't doing that well. And then come up sort of for plans for how we're going to allocate our time and resources whether they're financial or you know, introductions, human capital type of resources. And I think as an empathetic human being, investing in other human being founders, it's always hard when you see a company is not working. And it's human nature to spend a lot of time trying to fix it. But actually, as a venture capitalist, that's actually going to completely tank your returns. Mm -hmm. You really need to be working right with your green companies so that the founders are super happy with the value you've added so that you get your pro rata as they continue to scale and grow. And then you need to be taking your time and saying, how can I turn those yellow companies into green? And so it's really counterintuitive. And I think when I first started A-Level Capital, In my first year, I was spending a lot of time on the companies in the red, but that actually doesn't drive returns in your portfolio. So as hard as it is from a human perspective, from a fund manager perspective, it's something you have to do. And I think that was a very hard lesson for me to learn, but an important one.
0: Do you guys take board seats?
3: We do not yet take board seats. We just took our first board observer role. We're really of the opinion that that's not necessary, and it's a little bit outdated. We love to say we have you know, daily and weekly conversations with our founders across the 10 different platforms everyone uses, from Facebook Messenger, text messaging, calls. So we feel that we, A, can learn about problems way quicker than a quarterly board meeting this way, but also because a lot of times we're more similar in age to the founders than other investors, we kind of consider ourselves, I coined the term friend investors," um, <laughs> right? Like we're in business, but we're also kind of friends, but we're also investors. But they really, most of our founders, I don't want to speak for them, but I've been told this, they feel they can talk to us whenever shit hits the fan mm-hmm. and that we'll actually be supportive and not judgmental and they're sounding board. And I think it's easier to do that when you don't have a board seat.
0: Sure. Yeah, people ask me all the time why I don't take board seats, but you know I'm going to make 25 investments out of my fund, and I'm equally helpful with everybody. And to be honest with you, I, I can't take 25 board seats, and even if I could take 12, like you can't really predict which ones are going to be the winners and which ones aren't. And to your point earlier, you you kind of have to help those that that really have a chance. Um, you got to help everybody, but you got to spend more time on those that have a chance. So.
3: Yeah. And I think then for the ones that, you know, are having a tough time being that honest and realistic voice and helping, you know, wrap things up in a way that makes sense for the founders, the employees, and not leaving everyone in a bad position. That's really important too.
0: Sure. Sure. That will conclude this installment of Investor Stories. If you're enjoying the program and would like to see it continue, take a moment and leave a five-star review in iTunes. Also, if you'd like updates on new content from TFR, as well as the top 10 VC articles every week, go to fullratchet.net and sign up for the newsletter. Okay, that will wrap things up for today. Until next time, overprepare, choose carefully, and invest confidently. Thanks for joining me. Thank mm-hmm. you.